I hear the question all the time these days, Rich, we're coming up on Easter time. Can we not have communion in some form or fashion? Here we are in the quarantine of 2020, and it is our high holy days. And I'm going to answer the question by saying that we are not offering communion at this time. uh, But the strategy is more thought out than you think. I mean, I've heard of all sorts of torturous attempts to get the sacrament to people. There's a little Anglican priest uh, out in the suburbs of Birmingham that's washing his hands with antibacterial and then putting the host in a Ziploc bag. I heard of a Baptist preacher who said you could take any cracker you wanted and any drink you wanted and he would read scripture and you could call it communion at home to which someone asked him, well, what about Doritos and a Dr. Pepper? And he said, well, I'm going to make my nacho cheese. Well, I... I'm not ready to do those contortions when it comes to having communion, and I think I can explain why in this few moments that we'll have together. You know, the challenge of the quarantine right now uh, for us uh, Episcopalians or Anglican Christians is it stems from our sacramental theology, and that simply means that we believe that God is in stuff. I teach this to my confirmation classes all the time, which is to say you can simply look at the way Episcopalians order their lives and their worship around a building that's sacred to them to see that we're different in this way. Um, community churches have no sentimentality when it comes to building. I grew up a Southern Baptist. We had no sentimentality when it comes to building. You could walk down the hall to the pastor's study and see several iterations of First Baptist Bessemer before they just mowed it down to build a bigger one and grow the congregation. Uh, uh, here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door and out come the people. Is an old little game that we used to play with our fingers as children. But for churches like this, the church is the people gathering not the building itself. That's not our way. The sacramental way means that God is in stuff, which means that once sacraments happen in a building, uh, then that building becomes sacred. It's drenched with your tears and your prayers and the presence of God himself. As we baptize our little ones or we, we bury our loved ones or we get married or confirmed, and those, those markers happen and we remain there as well. So our churches become um, holy places, they become the house where God lives, not just the house where people gather. So that's a challenge because the churches have been taken away from us. And I'll say some more about that in a second. Uh, But uh, the church has identified seven sacraments that you can look up and that's, you know, typical confirmation fodder. But I, I will tell you that I'm more of a million sacrament guy. I think that, I think that, that we take communion uh, on a Sunday morning or we, or we baptize our, our loved ones, uh, those are sacramental markers for sure, but those train us to find the ones that are out there, like a sunrise or kindness or uh, thank you note or the eyes of our children. Um, Those are also uh, sacraments and just as valid. Maybe what I'm trying to say is our churches train us to pay attention because God is out there everywhere. Well, I do have a, a more nuanced answer about communion than to simply say no, and an unexpected source of that answer came several years ago when I was faced with a challenge of introducing uh, what we used to call contemporary worship. I would probably now just call modern worship. I'm not even sure if it's just not just worship, but, but the word was contemporary at the time. How to introduce contemporary worship into my church at St. Luke's. Uh, it was asked for. It was demanded by the vestry again and again and again. Every vestry retreat, we spent lots of time talking about it. How do we introduce this without splitting the church right down the middle? I have been familiar with large congregations that would set up two competing uh, congregations. Worse yet, 
they would set up a church that was for the young folks with the children, and they would have their own worship space and their own pastor so that the older folks who actually pay for everything were sitting by themselves in an empty pew in the traditional service, angry that their own families now go to a, a different church, even though it might even be on the same same campus. Well, we came up with, with, with the thought that kept us all together. It has to do with sacrament. Um, actually, it has to do with the Old Testament. Now, let's explain how this works. If you look at the Old Testament, you can see that there are two experiences of the, of the tangible presence of God, two experiences of incarnation, if you want to say it that way. Uh, one is the ark of God. Remember when, when God led a bunch of slaves along with Moses, this ragtag bunch through the desert into the promised land. He led them by a pillar of cloud by day and by fire by night. He was with them. And then in time, uh, they would build an ark, the ark of the covenant which would contain the the tablets of the law and would contain reminders of of that time that God was with them it was it was ta- it was a tangible presence of God and the ark would move they would carry it around and according to later tradition it sat at a place called Shiloh for a long long time for centuries uh, until it got taken in battle and then eventually found by David again and a temple was built around it so the ark the ark was um the ark was 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 contained in a tent and it moved it was movable it was temporary and it was intended to be temporary because the very temporary nature of it reminded them of how god would lead them wherever they needed to go in time david's son solomon uh would build it was david's dream solomon would make it happen would build a house uh, for this ark or a house for God, and this would be the temple and the current temple mount that you can see today after that temple was destroyed by the Romans, but you can certainly go to where the temple was. And it was in Jerusalem. It was a place to which people traveled. So if the ark moved around and traveled with God's people, in time they built a temple and people would travel to it. And Old Testament religion is, is basically this. People would worship in their local synagogues uh, on Sabbaths, but for the festivals, they would travel to the temple to worship. The, the temple was the place where you could say, if you wanted to use modern our modern language, uh, it would be where the sacraments would happen. Well, it occurs to me uh, that we could order our life together much in, with this pattern by using the metaphors of ark and temple. Uh, we instituted a modern worship service. We called it the Word just because it just needed a name. And eventually, we, we, we first started just having the ministry of the Word. You know, our worship has two parts, Word and Table. And we tried the Word downstairs, and then they would go upstairs, and they would have communion together. And it was so complicated, we couldn't. I was just trying not to split the church, but it didn't. It didn't. We didn't pull it off. That's okay. We kept the name the Word. So we started the Word, and we, we discovered or we learned together that the Word was an ark of sorts. It was an ark. It was intended to move around. And we reserved some things for the temple, which would be the nave, which would be the nave of St. Luke's, the historic worship space, and, and some things would only happen in the temple. And so the ark would always have a movable quality. And I'm fascinated by the psychology of, of giving people permission to have something movable. Uh, the nave of St. Luke's is large. It's the lar- one of the largest in our diocese, one of the largest in the country. Uh, we have a huge congregation, but in some ways, St. Luke's is no different than, than any little tiny Episcopal country chapel or, or any, any, any little parish church in England, anything. We are so Episcopalian, and what I mean by that is that even though we do things on a big scale, uh, things must not change. 
they must not change. And little, little of this has to do with the fact that Episcopalian is not merely stubborn. We're sacramental. So if holy things happen in a room and it looks that way, you want those holy things to happen again and again and again. You don't move candlesticks uh, in, in an Episcopal church because, because holy things have happened for people. And, and so the visual, the visual is something that they can return to again and again. That's okay. That's a temple. We can celebrate that, and we can actually hallow that and 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 play on that. So, for instance, at St. Luke's, uh, baptisms only happen in the temple. They don't happen in an ark. So, the word service downstairs is an ark. It it it's movable. Uh, but there are times when when if you have a family member who's going to be baptized, you, and you may prefer the modern worship service, you're going to leave that one and go upstairs to the temple uh, for 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 that form of worship. You return to it. Acolytes. We have a huge number of acolytes at St. Luke's, and so so those acolytes would um, w- only only worship upstairs. I mean, you, if you're going to support little Johnny, he's going to carry a torch that morning. You're going to worship uh, in the temple upstairs. And so the ark and the temple are two different things. So that's one way to think about it. The other thing, and this proved my theory to be right, we were undergoing a, um, a renovation of the church a couple years ago when we moved the word service over to Crestline School, and everybody was just fine. Now, it was hard on the the technicians who had to, the musicians who had to plug up their stuff and sort of set up over in Crestline, but in terms of the congregation, nobody missed a beat. They were fine. Now, again, remember what I've said about the nave of St. Luke's. Nothing can change there. I mean, it it has to be the same again and again and again. But with the ark, I, I discovered that the congregation had permission to play. Indeed, it even the congregation even grew while we were while we were moving around. We could literally on a Sunday morning at the ark, we could um, move the altar to another to another wall, and and just say we're going to have communion on, on this wall today. And everybody would just say, okay. Uh, people move chairs. We we change configurations because they have permission to. I think what happens with the when now once you've delineated or, or, or distinguished, I should say, between ark and temple, you've given people permission actually to play in one uh, uh, one way or another. So upstairs, the nave never changes because that's the way we choose to play. Downstairs, the ark changes all the time because that's the way we've choose, chosen to play. Which brings us to the quarantine. Suddenly, in the last three weeks, my my job has changed. I run two things. I run a phone bank and I run a um, television station. And suddenly, we have learned things about ourselves in the last three weeks, how to stream our services, how to put production value into it. We've pre-recorded uh, music. We're, we're assembling our Holy Week services, which most of which have already been pre-recorded, which seems just so odd and and dis, distant discordant for me I, I'm, I'm not used to living this kind of life but the times require this and here's what I'm thinking today video is a type of arc it's not the temple it's not it's just another form of an arc it's not even a it's not even a permanent form of the arc because we will go back to having the sacrament together although I don't think we ever walk back video I think we always will have it uh, there will be video of the sacrament one day when everyone can have that but for now uh, we don't have the temple. The temple's been taken away from us, and so video has been has become an ark of sorts to give us glimpses of worship together and longings for what we will be uh, when when we return. For that reason, um, I don't believe that uh, it's authentic to use video in a way to facilitate temple worship. 
I, I don't think that what's what's made the Ark and Temple idea work is that is that in the temple, meaning the nave of the church, there was always a central altar from which everything flows. It just it just does. It, as long as it's up and running, then the others are up and running. It's the beating heart. As long as the altar of St. Luke's has been removed from our corporate life together because we can't gather. I mean, the one thing that we can do well is gather people. It's the only thing I've known how to do, especially 16 years as a rector of this big church. You know, the only thing I know how to do is to gather groups and talk to groups and to mobilize groups and to and to to order worship in groups. And that one thing has been taken from us. And as long as that beating heart is not working right now, then then what we have is a form of a, of an arc to to a shadow, if you will, of, of who we will be uh, when we come back. Um, I've about decided that this time of quarantine is revealing to us that to be an Anglican Christian is is to find God in stuff. Absolutely. Yes. I think I think for a while there we thought that that stuff would only be the sacraments of the church. I think the quarantine is revealing to us new ways that God is in stuff out there. I would even suggest that participating in the quarantine faithfully, regardless of your of your politics, regardless of your if you're skeptical, if you think this is oversold, regardless of your it doesn't matter where you land on any spectrum of anything. The things that formerly divided us in our old life. I think we could see that participating in the quarantine is sacramental because it's saying, I see God in you. Uh, I will wear a mask to the grocery store because I don't want to hurt you. I will keep my social distance because I love you. God always said that there are two commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, I believe that we can find, even with our own broken hearts, as we long to return to either our own ark and temple, that this this video worship and then our own dogged determination to make this quarantine work so that we can end it, end it and get back to business, end it and help our friends uh, in the in whatever economy we will return to. Uh, if we can do these things, then I think we can go back to that old, old saying, um, we can find God in this if we let him in. These are my thoughts on worship in the quarantine.